what is going on guys it is your boy perry back with another edition of the red and gold standard podcast as always guys follow me on twitter 49ers perry that's the name 49ers p-e-r-r-y as in perry and obviously guys we have a pretty big matchup coming up between the eagles on sunday night football now i see a lot of people have been talking about this game as kind of a kind of a pushover for the 49ers in the sense that it's an easy matchup the eagles have not looked good at all this season you guys they're 0-2-1 they just recently tied with the Bengals in week three in a game that they pretty much should have won even with joe burrow not looking too bad but i mean the eagles defensive line was getting at burrow all afternoon and the fact that they came out with a tie against one of the worst teams in football with all due respect to the Bengals pretty pretty shocking to say the least so just want to give a little summary of the eagles though their play has just been very lackluster coaching inefficiencies have taken place the defense themselves has been all right but still kind of inconsistent and that leaves the offense and obviously carson wentz you guys carson wentz has just been awful i'm not gonna lie it's it's been pretty pretty shocking to say the least you have a quarterback in Carson Wentz who has looked pretty good the past couple seasons aside from the injuries and when he's healthy even with the with a bad receiving core throughout his career he still has looked pretty good and the fact that he doesn't look good now in fact he according to PFF he's the 33rd ranked quarterback in all of football and I think that's pretty shocking to say the least so kind of like a quick summary of the Eagles guys but overall this game should kind of be a pushover for the 49ers, but I would not take it lightly. This Eagles team is just two years removed from a Super Bowl win. The roster is still mostly intact, aside from all the injuries that have taken place, which I'll get into later. But you have a Super Bowl and you have a playoff team here. Even if they're struggling, even if they've been bad more or less, you still don't want to overlook playoff teams, and you never know what can happen. We've seen own 2 and own 3 teams make the playoffs, and I don't know if an own 3 team has won the Super Bowl, but the point being is that those kind of teams can still make the playoffs, and it's just a mentality, so I wouldn't really count the Eagles out yet, but right now with the way the Eagles have been playing, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they're into Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and that's a lot to put on Carson Wentz, but I mean, if Wentz is going to continue like this... I would see a lot of questions being raised within that coaching staff, within that player player personnel, if you will, and just Carson Wentz as a whole. Obviously, that big contract he has is pretty untradeable, but teams will work their magic. That Eagles team has somehow worked the salary cap for years on end, so I wouldn't be surprised if they can do something with Wentz. But all right, guys, let's get into the Eagles offense. According to Football Outsiders, their DVOA is ranked 28th in the league. That's... That's pretty bad if you ask me. That means they're one of the most inefficient offenses in all of football. And a lot of that has to do with Carson Wentz, you guys. He's only thrown three touchdowns this year on top of six interceptions, which is tied for first in the league. And quite frankly, I don't think that's really good if you just if you just watch his overall play. And this season for him has been really really up and down and i would say there haven't been too many highs and the highs when they are there haven't been really high but he still has showcased that quarterback like what he used to be i know that week one game that first half against the redskins carson wentz looked like the mvp wentz we had seen a couple years ago before the injury and ever since that half he's just struggled really bad 
like I said earlier, he's the 33rd ranked quarterback according to PFF. His overall grade as a quarterback is 47.3 with a 40.1 passing grade. That is not ideal if you are the franchise savior. And Carson Wentz is the guy that the Eagles made that huge trade for some time ago. And they gave up all the assets to get Wentz. And look where they are now. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl with his play for most of the season a couple years ago. And then he got hurt. And then Foles took over. So, I don't know. Something of that nature really got into his head where he just lost confidence in himself. If he just lost his own ability to perform. Because this kind of regression from a quarterback who at one point established himself as a top 10 quarterback the kind of regression we're seeing from him is really shocking to say the least and i'm not i actually i am surprised that something like this is happening and you still have all that same coaching staff over there in philadelphia for the most part you still have doug peterson you still have quite a few similar minds who again haven't really changed the team too much and to see this kind of regression happen i think is really really shocking so overall 28th ranked offense in in DVOA, and I think a lot of that has to do with Carson Wentz's struggles. He's also been sacked 11 times. His QBR is a 35.5. His passer rating 63.9. So overall, Carson Wentz is just, he hasn't looked good, bottom line. And the one thing about the Eagles offense in particular is that it's it's kind of weird to say who we can blame, for example. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey hurt. Deshaun Jackson injured Jalen Rager he's out six to eight weeks with a torn ligament in his thumb as far as I know um Arcega Whiteside is hurt Zach Ertz seems like he's the only (laughs) the only healthy option as far as I know Dallas Goddard is hurt he's gonna miss some time and this wide receiver room has just been ransacked and ravaged more than any other team in the league even more so than the Niners and what's crazy about the Niners is that you have a guy in Kyle Shanahan who Quite frankly, his past few years, even before the Super Bowl run, he's worked with wide receivers who weren't really that good. No offense to them, but nothing too impressive. And you have the Eagles in this situation now where they're going to their practice squad. They're looking all over the place to get some guys going. At the moment, Greg Ward is the only active wide receiver on the roster who started on the 53-man. That is incredible. And injuries obviously take place. Things happen. But... Outside of Greg Ward, even if some of these guys were healthy, like Arcega Whiteside, Rager, some really good talent, but not too much to show for it. And with all due respect to the guys, they were first and second round draft picks, respectively, guys who were very highly touted coming out of um, Stanford and TCU. And we just haven't seen it from both of them. Rager flashed, but nothing too spectacular. And I get it. He's a rookie, so maybe I'm holding him a little too high. But coming into the season, you had a Carson Wentz who... A lot of people were really excited to see him have that connection with Rager, and it happened for a short while, but after that game against the Redskins, and once Rager got hurt, everything was just going downhill. So overall, Wentz is just, it seems like he's just lost all confidence in his ability to play quarterback, he's lost all confidence in the coaching staff, in the offensive system, whatever it is, and Again, I would have never thought we'd seen this kind of regression from Carson Wentz. And I'll tell you guys, at the beginning of the season, before all the crazy stuff started happening, I thought this was going to be like a sleeper playoff matchup between the Niners and the Eagles where, 
okay, Carson Wentz is healthy. I know there's still a couple question marks, but you still have a a playoff roster in the Eagles who are proven, and a lot of people were riding on Carson Wentz to have a have a nice comeback year, and it's just been the opposite, and it's really shocking to say the least. So it's again, it's hard to blame who's at fault for this team, but at least for the offense right now, it kind of feels like the entire unit. And I will point out some positives about their team, to at least on offense. Their offensive line is still playing really well, even without Brandon Brooks. I know he's out for the year. Uh, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey, Matt Pryor, all very, very good offensive linemen. And they rank at least um, top 10. I want to say about top 10 in the league in pass protection. So, they're not doing bad. They're not doing bad at all. I know we've seen some clips of um, Jason Peters getting beat. And, I mean, he's 35 years old. What else can you expect from him at this point? He's still pretty good for the most part. So it happens to the older guys. But overall, though, the offensive line has been good for the Eagles. And it makes it raises the question, whose fault is this? The off- It can't be the offensive line because they are playing very well for the most part. Miles Sander and Boston Scott, they've been running the ball pretty well. So it's hard to blame if it's just Carson Wentz, if it's the offensive system once again. Is it the wide receivers? He hasn't been playing with good wide receivers pretty much ever since he came into the league. And that's not to knock Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, but these guys just can't stay healthy. And there's no continuity amongst Carson Wentz and his pass catchers outside of Zach Ertz and what was Dallas Goddard, who's now hurt also. So, again, it's hard to figure out who's really at fault here. And I think at the end of the day, you have to blame Doug Peterson. Wentz is struggling and the pass catchers are struggling, and I, it's just really shocking. It really is. So when you have this kind of bad offensive matchup going on for the Niners where it seems like they've played teams that have just been bottom 25 in DVOA, I mean, the Giants, bad. The New York Jets, bad. And now the Eagles. And again, I can attribute that to Carson Wentz's struggles. I mean, six interceptions. He's been sacked 11 times. I feel like a lot of that is on him, and a lot of that is the reason why they're rated so low by these statistics. So you look at that, and you look at the 49ers who are coming in as a fifth-ranked DVOA per football outsiders. This should be a big day for the defense, you guys. I mean, I know we've had injuries to Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas. It looks like Dre Greenlaw might miss another game. We have to see about that. Sherman won't be ready until Miami, and even then I think Sherman might miss one more game just to ensure his own health and safety. Akela Witherspoon is banged up. Kwan Williams is banged up. I know he practiced in full today as far as I know, but the point being, you guys, is that this defense is just hurt. <laughs> They're arguably as hurt as the Eagles right now, and it's really shocking to say the least. And a lot of people were really excited to see the Niners come in with Nick Bosa and D Ford. And obviously, we're going to be out both of those guys for what feels like a season. I know Nick Bosa is done for the year. D Ford is is up for grabs, in my opinion. We don't know what's going to happen with him because his neck injury turned into a back injury. And we know throughout his career, he's had back injury problems. He's had hip problems. He's had leg problems. He's got that knee thing going on. So all these injuries have been going on with the team, and it's just, they've been able to do it somehow. And you have to give a lot of credit Chris Kosirik, D'Amico Ryans, and obviously Robert Sala. They have their guys in place. Even with all the injuries, even with everything going on, they still have their guys in place. And it's 
and it makes me really happy that we can see these guys just go out there and just make a name for themselves and ball out. And I know they've been beating up on some bad competition, and I think that'll continue going up against the Eagles this Sunday. But still, it's nice to see that these guys are performing at a very high level against bad teams. And that's what good teams are supposed to do is they're supposed to beat up on bad teams. So if they do slip up, that's when I'll go, okay, okay, we uh, let's get our heads right. This isn't the game they should be slipping up in. So though, guys, I will say this. It should be a very big day for the 49ers defense. Even with Wentz struggling, can they maintain their level of success? When you look at Carson Wentz, you don't compare him to a Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold or what we saw on Thursday Night Football tonight between Brett Ripien and Sam Darnold. You think of Carson Wentz as that top 15 quarterback who can make plays with his feet and make plays throwing the ball, and we haven't seen that from him. We saw it from him for one half of football, and I can't stress that enough. I felt like just one half of football against the Washington football team, and that was it. He just fell off a table after they lost that game. We haven't seen the same Carson Wentz since, and I don't know what that is. And you see that happening, and you have a defense like the 49ers who are coming in banged up but really hungry to make a statement, and it gives you confidence that they can go out there and get the job done, and I firmly believe that these guys can do it. So I think this raises the question, who's going to step up on defense? Who is going to be the guy to go out there and make a name for himself? Whether it's Fred Warner, whether it's Javon Kinlaw, um, Quan Alexander, who I would really like to see have a nice bounce back game after after his game against the Giants, where it was all right, but we saw a couple plays where he blew coverage or he missed a tackle and just kind of was the reason why the team scored or whatever happened in that situation. And it's really frustrating to have someone like Quan Alexander who is getting paid so much money and he's not even the second best linebacker on the team Dre Greenlaw is and then Fred Warner so it's frustrating to say the least but I still believe in Quan. I do think Quan will go out there and get the job done the secondary and that back seven have a really easy matchup you guys they really do I'm gonna figure that the Eagles are gonna roll out Greg Ward I we still have to wait on the status of Arcega Whiteside and Deshaun Jackson um I think Zach Ertz is healthy but we'll have to see and I know they just signed Hakeem Butler. He was that fourth-round pick coming from Arizona Cardinals who who had a lot of hype coming out of college and just kind of, I guess, just didn't fit the system. I don't know what it was, but interesting matchup to say the least. But overall, this, this matchup for the 49ers secondary should be a cakewalk. And I hate having to use words like that, but I'm not going to lie to you guys. This matchup is a layup for the defense. It really is. And who knows what's going to happen. It's been a crazy year. Sunday Night Football has been pretty crazy already. So it is yet to be determined what's going to happen. But the bottom line, guys, I think they'll go out there and have themselves a really nice day. I really do. It's likely going to be uh, Jason Verrett and Dante Johnson. We'll see how Emmanuel Mosley is. We'll see how Killer Witherspoon is. So it really depends. But overall, I think we'll see a good amount of the secondary today. Or not today, on Sunday. They're going to go out there and ball. I really do. I firmly believe that Carson Wentz's struggles are going to continue. Here you have the 49ers. It's still, I think, a Super Bowl defense that even with the losses, even with all the guys hurt, they are still ready to play and they're still ready to just go out there and ball out. That's the bottom line. You beat up on soft competition. It's going to continue. And I see that trend continuing against the Eagles. So, again, who is going to step up? In my opinion, 
even going up against a pretty firm offensive line, I think we'll see quite a few sacks. Carson Wentz got sacked eight times against the Redskins this past week. I want to say he got sacked five times against the Bengals. Overall, Carson Wentz is just getting it and getting his butt kicked by defensive lines and even with good pass protection he's still he's still more or less just running into sacks and it's really shocking to say the least and you have Carson Wentz who's who's very good at running the ball by the way he has a 90 grade at running according to PFF but when he's in the pocket when he's not really making something happen he's just a statue he looks like Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota and that's not the Carson Wentz we're used to seeing so if the defensive line can really get after the Eagles' offensive line and they just can't buy Carson Wentz enough time or Wentz doesn't decide to break the pocket, it should be a big day, you guys. I really do. I think it's going to be a very big day for the 49ers defense. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be that person to go out there and just ball out? Is it Kerry Hyder? Is it Javon Kinlaw? Is it Eric Armstead? Is it going to be Ziggy Ansah and Dion Jordan? Again, they have a really good in a really tough matchup in this offensive line but if Wentz just continues to be Wentz it could be a big day you guys so I think I'm going to drop my defensive predictions now I do think Javon Kinlaw is going to go out there and finally get his first career sack I think he's going to get two of them I know he'll be lined up either over um, Jason Kelsey or Matt Pryor Nate Herbig pretty good guards in the center obviously Jason Kelsey is an all-pro so it will be a big day for Javon Kinlaw, and I do think he'll finally have that game where he just puts it all together and goes after Wentz. I think I do think this defensive line will sack Carson Wentz five times. I'm going to start right there. I think Javon Kinlaw will get two of the five sacks. And if you guys didn't hear, I'm in my defensive predictions right now, and I I believe in the defense. I really do. So in my bold predictions, I've been kind of rolling with the fact that the Niners – should be getting four turnovers, and they didn't do it against Darnold. They finally did it against the New York Giants and Daniel Jones, and I think that trend is going to continue. I think the Niners will get three turnovers against Wentz, two interceptions, one forced fumble. I think they're going to hold that offense to less than 20 points, you guys. I really do. In a high-scoring offense, offensive league these days, the Eagles don't look like they have the firepower necessary to really just keep up with the 49ers. And e- again, even with a banged-up defense, I still think the Niners are a top-10 unit in the league. And that goes to show how good the coaching is, how much players step up on defense, and how well they can perform. So I will give all the props to the 49ers. I think they'll have a very, very good day. Three turnovers, five sacks, two of them will go to Kinlaw. And just to kind of close out the defense, you guys, I think the keys to victory. I want to, these are my biggest points to stop the Eagles offense. These keys to victory force Carson Wentz to turn the ball over, get an interception, make him fumble, make a wide receiver fumble, whatever it is. Get this Eagles offense to turn over the ball. We saw what happened when the Niners would turn over the ball against the New York Giants. It just, it was a good day all throughout. So if they can force turnovers on the Eagles, I think it will be an easy day for the Niners moving forward. But again, forced turnovers, I can't stress that enough. Pressure Carson Wentz. Get him uncomfortable. If you can make him uncomfortable, we will see the same Wentz we've been seeing all season so far. And that's the bad Carson Wentz. So pressure him. And lastly, as far as I know, if he plays, shut down Zach Ertz. Carson Wentz has no other decent pass catchers that I really think he trusts. So shut down Carson or shut down Zach Ertz. 
take away that kind of that big middle of the field, even a check down option in Zach Ertz and just get the job done. Whether that's Dre Greenlaw on him, whether that's K1, whether it's Warner, whoever it may be, you shut down Carson Wentz's go-to guy like teams tend to do. Carson Wentz is going to look like a chicken with his head cut off. And all due respect to him, man, I have a lot of respect for the guy because I do think he's good. But whatever is going on with him, whether it's mentally, physically, whatever it may be, I don't want to see that good Carson Wentz come up against the Niners. So those are my keys to victories, guys. That's my offensive coverage for the Eagles, if you will, and Niners defensive coverage. And now I'm going to move on to the 49ers offense. Jimmy Garoppolo sounds like he's going to be gone, barring anything spectacular. I don't think he's going to play with that ankle injury. Kyle Shanahan is just bubble wrapping the guy, you guys. He needs to stay safe and he needs to stay healthy because after the Eagles and Dolphins, the schedule does not get easy. And I believe in Nick Mullins, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a lot better at his job. Kyle Shanahan had himself one hell of a day scheming everything open for Nick Mullins, and Nick Mullins made some tough throws, don't get me wrong, but overall, it felt like a vintage Kyle Shanahan day, so if Mullins has himself another good day, don't count anything on it. I still think that Mullins is just the backup. He's a very, very good backup, but it's Garoppolo's team. It's He's the guy. Kyle Shanahan couldn't stress that enough how much Garoppolo is the guy, but we got to talk about Nick Mullins, man. Just under 70% completion rate, over 300 yards against the New York Giants last week. One touchdown, but he just looked like a very good game manager. He really did. He was hitting every single throw he needed to. And keep in mind, he had no George Kittle, no Debo Samuel. He lost Jordan Reed in the first half. He lost Jarek McKinnon to a rib injury, I think, after the third quarter. And this offense just getting even more banged up. And the offensive line still wasn't doing Mullins too much, too many favors. But Mullins stood in the pocket. He made plays with his feet. And he got the job done. And I wouldn't be surprised if he looks like looks like the guy once again against the Eagles in a banged up defense. But we're going to talk about the Niners offense still. It should be another big, big Nick Mullins day. He finally gets George Kittle back after missing two games with that leg injury. Keep in mind, between George Kittle and Nick Mullins when they were together... Over 700 receiving yards, three touchdowns, and over 40 catches when they played in eight games two seasons ago. And George Kittle and Nick Mullins had that connection right away, and I wouldn't be surprised if they have that connection again moving forward. Kittle is finally back. We'll see how he looks. I'm sure he's fine. You guys know he's a baller. I know he's a baller. But depending on how the leg is, I would say... Based on how the offensive line performs, because the Eagles' defensive line is really good, we could see a lot of George Kittle blocking. We could see a lot of two tight end sets between Kittle and Charlie Warner, where it'll just be two receivers hopefully getting enough separation to get open because the Eagles feature a really good defensive line, and the 49ers' offensive line has just absolutely been awful. So obviously it's yet to be determined, but right now this should be a big game for Nick Mullins. George Kittle is going to step up. We all know what he'll do. And I think it'll be another big Brandon Ayuk game, you guys. He had over 100 yards from scrimmage last week against the Giants. He looked really good as a runner, and he looked really good as a receiver. And we saw that dynamic ability that Brandon Ayuk features. He looks almost exactly like Debo Samuel, minus like the physical body size, if you will, where Ayuk's a little taller and longer. Debo's a little shorter but stockier. But these guys play almost exactly the same. And if you watch their film, it's like Debo Samuel 1.0 and Debo Samuel 2.0. Or you can even say Ayuk 1.0 and Ayuk 2.0. It goes both ways. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Shanahan utilizes Ayuk to his full extent once again. 
He can do it all. He really can. And we finally have that guy in Ayuk who can take the pressure off of Debo and who can take the pressure off of Kittle and just make Nick Mullins' day a lot easier. And I'm really excited, you guys. I'm really excited. I think Ayuk will be good. I think Debo's going to play. I'm not too confident about that, but I he might play against Miami. I know his practice window open, but I don't think they're going to take the chance. Give Debo one more week. If he just let him stay fully healthy because I still can't stress it enough, they have a big stretch of games after this game and the Dolphins. So everyone returning at about the right time, that's what matters. Keep him safe. Keep him bubble wrapped. And that includes George Kittle too. But it's hard to determine on this offense who's going to step up. Everyone has the ability to just break out. Kendrick Bourne had a great game last week. Ayuk obviously had a great game. Jarek McKinnon looked exactly like the guy we all hoped he would be, barring his injuries. And he looks a little bit slower than he did compared to when he was healthy. But when you have reoccurring leg injuries, that's what's going to happen. When you have that ACL, it'll zap your speed. But Jarek McKinnon still looks like the dynamic running back that we've all been hoping to see, and he is. And obviously you have Jeff Wilson Jr. Everyone knows my favorite running back. Jeff Wilson is just, he's the guy. I wish he'd get more carries than Tevin Coleman, but nonetheless, Jeff Wilson makes do with what he has, and he makes it count. He really does. He's still that solid goal line back who can score in the pinch, who can score in the red zone. He had that big uh, receiving touchdown on the screen play from Nick Mullins that went, I think, 19 yards to the house. So Jeff Wilson's good, you guys. Even without Mostert and Tevin Coleman, this running back unit is still very good, and we might even see more Jermichael Hasty. Who knows? But these guys are great. I think everyone's going to step up. This Eagles defense is so-so. They feature a very, very good defensive line. That's pretty much the only positive thing they have for them. Fletcher Cox, 89.4 pass rush grade. Josh Sweat, 79. Vinnie Curry, 75. Brandon Graham, 68. Overall, they have a lot of very good pass rushers on this team. And it is going to be a very, very important 49ers offensive line day. The Niners, they have the 31st ranked run blocking unit, 20th ranked pass blocking unit, according to Football Outsiders. And it's weird to think that their pass blocking has been better than their run blocking, but the run blocking has been atrocious. 31st in the league, and we still have guys like Mostert and McKinnon who are making plays making very big plays even with bad blocking and to say the least it's really shocking and i know it's week four now so the concern level for me regarding the 49ers offensive line is starting to get up there if they don't improve and i can only hope they improve and just get better moving forward because the eagles are tough the dolphins are so so but we still got to play the patriots and we know belichick is very stingy with the defense then Seattle, and then the Rams, and then eventually the Bills and Packers and Saints. And this, it's going to get really tough for the offensive line. And that's why we need guys like Kittle to just stay healthy, help block. Hopefully Charlie Warner will improve his blocking game. When we get Weston Rickberg back, hopefully Weston Rick, Rickberg will step up, move Ben Garland back to right guard, kind of get the fluidity amongst that offensive line because right now it is not good. Pass blocking grades according to PFF. Trent Williams, 87. We all know he's good. Ben Garland, 67. Daniel Brunskill, 67. Lakin Tomlinson, 57. And Mike McGlinchey, a 46 pass blocking grade. Outside of Trent, you guys, the unit has just been terrible. There's no excuses. They need to step up. They need to keep Mullins upright. Once Garoppolo comes back, they need to keep Garoppolo upright. 
And that's the bottom line, you guys. It really is. This offensive line play just it drives the team even more so than the quarterback, I think. And Shanahan values offensive linemen. He really does. He handpicked these guys. Obviously, Ben Garland is the backup, but I think he will be the starter at right guard, taking over for Brunskill once Rickberg comes back. But we've been waiting to see Western Rickberg play, and when he has played, Rickberg has been really good. And that's not to knock Ben Garland, because Ben Garland has been doing a fantastic job as the backup center. But I don't think you can go out there and really replace Rickberg's level of play. So once he comes back, that connection he has with Garoppolo will be huge. And he'll get to play alongside Lakin Tomlinson, Ben Garland, Trent Williams, and Mike McGlinchey. And I think his addition to the offensive line will be huge moving forward. So overall, though, I think offensive line is the biggest key to keep the Niners up that just help them win because if they're not going to give Mullins any help and you let the Eagles get back in this game and give them any bit of confidence on defense and then on offense, it has the potential to be a long day for the 49ers. So I would say I wouldn't count on the Eagles really, really stepping up because they don't look like they will. But again, don't count them out because it's football. Anything can happen. So for this game, you guys, I think the 49ers need to attack the Eagles as secondary. Obviously, you have to avoid that really good defensive line, but the back seven, the Eagles feature, not that good at all. Nathan Jerry, not a good cover linebacker. Um, as for the cornerbacks, Nikel Roby Coleman, not that good. Craven LeBlanc, not that good. Darius Slate has been pretty average this season, so I wouldn't count him out. He's still one of the best corners in the game, but he's not playing at the level that a lot of people expected him to play at when he got traded to the Eagles from the Lions, so... A lot is to be said about this Eagles defense. Their pass defense, 23rd according to DVOA, 16th against the run. So they're about middle of the pack. But if anyone's going to attack a defense with the weapons that he has right now, it's Kyle Shanahan. When it, when they played the New York Giants, the New York Giants at the time were a top 10 ranked defense as a whole. And you saw what they did. They put up 36 points against a really bad Giants team. And... A lot of people seem like they believed in the Giants at some points. We didn't know what to expect, but after seeing what we saw, this Niners team is just capable of beating up on bad teams. And you have an Eagles team, 28th in offense, overall 23rd in defense. It is not good, guys. It is not good for the Eagles at all. So this game is no pushover, but it should be a pushover. You got to win these layup games, you guys. These 49ers have to go out there, make a statement, show why they are still the kings of the NFC and why they are the dominant team in an NFC West that is just loaded with competition and hope they can perform. I believe in these guys. I know everyone else does, but we still have to go out there and see it. They did it against the Jets. They did it against the Giants, and they shouldn't be able to do it against a really bad Eagles team. So, you guys, I think that kind of wraps it up for the offense. I will say this, these are these are kind of the keys to the offensive victory. If they want to win, I couldn't stress it earlier. I want to stress it now. The offensive line must dominate. I think we'll see a lot of quick passes from Nick Mullins. If that if the offensive line isn't holding up and the Eagles pass rush is just after Mullins all evening, we will see a lot of quick short underneath routes, a lot of slants and outs just to get the ball off quick. Maybe a lot of checkdowns to Wilson or Jarek McKinnon. It could be another big Ayuk day. We could see a lot of those slants come to be like he runs with Debo Samuel. And we just got to hope these guys step up because that Eagles defensive line is very aggressive. So that leads to my second point, though, talking about the wide receivers, is that these guys need to separate. 
outside the Darius Slade, like I said, the secondary is very weak. This should be a unit that Kyle Shanahan and Nick Mullins can really just go after and exploit. So we got to see guys like Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, hopefully George Kittle, barring anything bad. Whoever else is going to play, Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis if he gets a snap, Jamichael Hasty if he lines up Jarek McKinnon in a wide receiver position, McKinnon. I want to see these wide receivers separate. If they can do that, if they can get their job done, it should be a very, very solid day for the offense, and it could be another 30-point game. We'll see. Lastly, though, avoid turnovers. I think we got... I'm not going to say we got fortunate, but we saw when Nick Mullins did play in 2018 that he can be pretty turnover worthy, but that was with a really, still kind of a really bad Niners offensive roster at the time. The line play was terrible. George Kittle was really the only go-to guy. Marquise Goodwin was good, but he got knocked out at the end of the game, so that was pretty tough at the time, but avoid turnovers. Nick Mullins may have an interception this game, may have two of them. He may have a fumble. It all depends on the offensive line play of the Niners and the defensive line play of the Eagles. But that's my last key. Avoid turnovers. Don't give the Eagles any chance to score. We we don't know what we're going to expect from the Eagles. That is the truth. But I will say this. You give any average or even a bad team good field position they will take advantage of that and they will catch the 49ers off guard the Niners are coming off a long east coast trip they're finally back at home they should be rested and ready to go and you just gotta they gotta play with their heads on the shoulders and know what to do and we know they know what to do they beat up on bad teams they look like a very complete team even with all the injuries and they gotta keep that up moving forward against the Philadelphia Eagles so guys I will wrap it up here with my offensive predictions I think Nick Mullins will have another very good day. I don't know if he'll pass for over 300 yards. I will say I think he will get over 250, but I think it will be a big touchdown day for Mullins. I think Mullins will have three passing touchdowns. I would like to see one go to Ayuk, but either way, we got to welcome back George Kittle. I think Kittle will have himself a very nice day. I'm going to say he'll be my next big offensive MVP. I'll say he'll have like six catches, 77 yards, and two touchdowns. I think I'm going to benefit Kittle, Kittle two touchdowns. He deserves it. But overall, though, Nick Mullins should have another big day against a bad secondary. George Kittle should be able to just have himself a good day against a bad linebacking unit. And Kyle Shanahan should have another really good offensive play called day. So those are my three offensive predictions, you guys. I think Mullins will be over 250 yards, three touchdowns. What do you say? George Kittle, six catches, 77 yards, two touchdowns. And I will give Kyle Shanahan an offensive prediction. I think he will score over 30 points for this team barring any defensive touchdowns for the Niners or special teams. But right now, I will say, if they can generate over 30 points of offense with backups against the Giants, who had the 10th-ranked defense, they could go up against the Eagles, who have the 23rd-ranked pass defense, and just attack them, run the ball down their throats, pass the ball down their throats. You know, as they say, death by slants. So it should be a big Shanahan day, you guys. I do think they'll generate over 30 points of offense. And I guess I can say that leads into my final score prediction, you guys. I think the Niners will dominate this game. I don't think the Eagles will score over 20 points. I think it'll just be a really ugly showing for the Eagles once again. So, you guys, I think the Niners are going to drop 34 points. And I will say the Eagles will score 17. 34 to 17, 49ers, you guys. And I think that about wraps it up for me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Obviously, Zach couldn't be here today. He's out with his girlfriend, having a pretty big thing going on right now. So shout out to Zach. Miss you guys. Can't wait to have you on again. 
But as always, guys, follow the pod, Red and Gold Standard Podcast on Twitter. It's RGS Pod. Follow 49ers Hive. Follow me on Twitter, 49ers Perry. That's 49ers P E R R Y. And as always, guys, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast.